Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let us worship God as we join in singing together the opening hymn. It's on the sheets and will appear on the screens. Lord of all hopefulness, Lord of all joy, whose trust ever childlike no cares could destroy. We'll hear the instrumental introduction and then stand to sing. Please be seated. Let's all pray together. O Lord our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are the one true and living God. 
you are worthy of all praise and we worship you today. O oh Lord, you know why it is that we are here. You know that we have lost one whom we have loved. We have lost one who loved us very much. We have a lost one who we miss very much indeed. And there is grief and there is sadness in our hearts today. But we thank you that there is also joy as we remember a long life, a well-lived and uh, as we cherish the memory of someone uh, precious uh, to us, and as we reflect on all of those happy episodes over uh, many years and uh, many decades, those memories that can never uh, be taken away uh, from us. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that by your gracious Holy Spirit, you would come to us in this our time of grief, that you would bless us in this service now and later at uh, the graveside, and that you would help us in uh, all that we do uh, this day. Oh Lord, we are just human beings. We are frail uh, flesh and blood. Uh, we are sinners at best. We gather in uh, weakness. We feel our need of you. We depend upon you, O oh Lord, this day as every day. We thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came into the world 2,000 years ago as we celebrate at this season, the one who is the Savior of all who trust in him, the one who can meet the deepest needs of our hearts and uh, of our souls. We pray that you would minister Jesus to us uh, today. And uh, that as we sing uh, these hymns, as we uh, pray, as uh, we uh, uh, share memories, as your word, the Bible, is read and proclaimed in all that we do today, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would minister to us that comfort and consolation uh, which can come alone uh, from heaven. So we do pray, O oh Lord, for all the family and for the friends gathered here today. We ask that you would be with us today, but not just today, but tomorrow and in all our future days, in all our tomorrows. May we draw near to you and would you draw near to us as we pray in the strong name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to this service today in memory of Louisa Mogg on behalf of Glenn and Lorraine and all the family. I thank you for coming and being a part of this service today. And on behalf of the church here at the Welcome Hall in Catsill, I want to express what a privilege it is for us to be able to host this service this morning. And we want you to know that you are all a very, very welcome. Uh, thank you all for coming. Louisa Annie Price was born on the 21st of August 1933, the eighth of nine children born to William and Amy Price of Stoke Prior. 
She had three older brothers and five sisters, three older and one younger. Life was somewhat different in those days. The story is told of how Lou, when she was just a little girl herself, uh, pushed her younger sister Margaret to the duck pond, and you've guessed it, somehow Marg ended up in the water. Uh, Thankfully, they both lived to tell the tale. The family home was next door to the country girl public house, and their back garden was Hanbury Woods. As their house only had uh, two bedrooms, for many years Louisa and two of her siblings slept next door with friends. Louisa, known to her friends as Lou, uh, went to school in Rashwood. She would walk to school across the fields with her siblings. On one occasion, returning from school, Lou had fallen out with her brother Arthur and swung her bag at him. It contained a glass bottle, which meant it really hurt, and Arthur wasn't best pleased. He chased me all the way home, Lou would say, but he didn't catch me, she would add. When she was 13 years old, Lou went to live with her Auntie Bet in Droitwich. Leaving school aged 14, as many did in those days, she secured employment at the brushworks. And when she was 17 years old, she met a young man there by the name of Harvey Mogg. Harvey would come and fix Lou's machine, which strangely seemed to need repairing with ever-increasing regularity. Lou and Harv were both 17 years old, having been born just a few weeks apart. Long story short, they fell in love, were engaged aged 21, and married when they were both 24 years old. Theirs was a long and happy marriage. They were blessed with two children, Glenn, who married Julie, and Lorraine, who's married to Ian. Five grandchildren, Sarah, James, Sean, Amy, and Joseph and not forgetting one precious great-grandchild, Alfie. Lou loved her family, and they all loved her very much. Lou and Harve began their married life in rooms in Marlbrook before moving to Charford, where Glenn was born, and then Sidemore, where Lorraine was born. In 1988, they moved to 6 Barnsley Road in Bromsgrove, which was their home for 35 years. Once both Glenn and Lorraine were at school, Lou worked as a cook at Whitford Hall School, a job she loved and continued there until retirement. Lou loved to cook. Glenn remembers his mum teaching him to cook and how he'd occasionally skive off school early to bake cakes ready for when his mum got home from work. Lou also loved baking with her grandchildren with fairy and butterfly cakes being firm favourites. Lou also loved to play cards with her children and grandchildren, and she and Harvey both greatly enjoyed going dancing. For Lou, life was all about family. It was Lou more than her husband who would usually be found playing with the grandchildren, and they all remember her as being great fun. Lou was confirmed at Hanbury Parish Church, aged 18, and always regarded herself as Church of England. She attended Welcome Hall with Harvey on Sunday evenings for many years. Harvey was called from this scene of time in the summer, and Louisa followed him just a few months later, after the briefest of stays 
at St John's Court Nursing Home. Born just weeks apart, they died within months of one another. We thank God for them both, and today particularly remember and give thanks for the life and memory of Lou, a sister, wife, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, and dear friend. We assure all the family of our love and prayers, both today and for the future. Now we have a number of memories from uh, different family members. Uh, First of all, Louise's uh, daughter, uh, Lorraine, has given me uh, a poem uh, from Lou's personal effects, which is entitled, On the Wings of Prayer. Just close your eyes and open your heart and feel your worries and cares depart. Just yield yourself to the Father above and him hold you secure in his love. For life on earth grows more involved with endless problems that can't be solved. But God only asks us to do our best. Then he will take over and finish the rest. So when you are tired, discouraged and blue, there's always one door that is open to you. And that is the door to the house of prayer. And you'll find God waiting to meet you there. And the house of prayer is no farther away than the quiet spot where you kneel and pray. For the heart is a temple when God is there as we place ourselves in his loving care. And he hears every prayer and answers each one. When we pray in his name, thy will be done. And the burdens that seem too heavy to bear are lifted away on the wings of prayer. Thank you, Lorraine, for that. And now I'm going to invite Amy, Lorraine's daughter, Lou's granddaughter, to come uh, to the lectern and say a few words. Welcome, Amy. Um, Hello, everyone. I just wanted to say a few words about my nan and remember some of the good times we had together. As kids, we were all really close with nan and granddad, and I considered their house my second home. I would stay there every Friday night, and nan would cook chip butties. They would always have jelly and butterfly cakes and cakes with pink icing for pudding. We never left Nan's house hungry. She cooked all of my favourite foods and I still make her beef stroganoff every year for my birthday. We sat together and watched a lot of films growing up. Sound of Music, Good Night Mr Tom and Little Lord Fauntleroy were some of their favourites. We would all sit around and play games together like Jim Rummy, Solitaire, Jenga, dominoes, checkers, and the one with the little pins that jump over till there was one pin left. We would gather round a little coffee table, me, my brothers and cousins, and there was never enough room for everyone, but it meant everyone was on high alert for cheating. Nan helped me to get over my fear of dogs when we got our first dog, Sadie, when I was 10 years old, and a few days later I asked if we could send her back, to which everyone said no. One day when Sadie was a puppy, Mum dropped us both round at Nan's and and Sadie had the zoomies. 
and she was running around barking at Nan, and I was curled up on the sofa because I knew she was too small to get up yet. Um, but she wouldn't stop barking at Nan, so I got, off, I got up off the sofa, and I told Sadie to stop, and we all started playing with her instead, and I got over my fear of dogs. Nan had a really silly sense of humour. She loved Christmas cracker jokes. She always had a few, and we always kept a few on hand to tell her. Every time I heard a new joke, I thought, I'm going to tell that to Nan. She would listen to the joke, and she'd sit there for a second, and then it would click in her head, and she would have a little chuckle to herself. Even when she would complain about things, it was always with a little fun joke alongside. She would always complain about how you would make her tea wrong, saying it was too full or it was too strong or anything was wrong with it. She would share a tea bag with Grandad because it was always too strong. And after Grandad passed, I would share my tea bag with her so it wasn't too strong. It would always need to be boiling hot, never left with a nice drop of milk, and it couldn't be too full either. Then one day I thought I cracked it and I gave it to her, and she looked down and she said, What am I on rations? I wish I could remember more of the funny things that she said because there were a lot. Nen kept all of, our, um, all of our art as kids, even the terrible ones, but somehow she thought they were really good. There was one piece of art that I made when I was about seven or eight. I peeled a peach and I stuck the skin to a piece of paper and it made this really fun pattern. It stayed perfectly preserved and Nan kept it for years and every now and then she would pull it out and say how good it was. She kept all of our art as kids and put our ages next to them. Nan was also a good artist herself. We would often draw things together like dogs and people. We would press flowers and make perfume. It was always really fun going to Nan's because she was filled with all of these little old games that she obviously used to play as a kid. It was so much more fun because it was always about being together and doing something creative and fun together like all of us crowded round a little coffee table playing gin rummy. Nan and Grandad really made our childhood the most wholesome and wonderful it could have been, and that's the reason why family and dogs are so important to us all. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amy. Now, Julie, Glenn's wife, Lou's daughter-in-law, has uh, given me uh, some memories to share with you. Uh, Julie writes, so where do I start? As well as being Glenn's mum to us, she was Sarah and James' nanny Lou and our beautiful grandson Alfie's great-grandmother, who he called Nanny Lulu. After Glenn and myself married, a year later, I gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, Sarah, followed three years later by our beautiful baby boy, James. I was a young mum and thought I knew everything. But Lou also knew everything but with the addition of life experience, which is something that I should have realized and didn't fully appreciate. So you can probably imagine that, at times, we did have our differences. However, despite our differences, we did still manage to get along uh, through the next 36 years. More recently, towards the end of Harvey's life, Lou and me started to work together to really make sure that he was cared for as best possible. I remember Lou and me sitting outside in their garden after Harvey's death, and she said, you've been really good, which really meant so much to me. In the last few weeks, the whole family, Lorraine, Ian, Glenn, me, James, Sarah, Amy, Sean, and Joe, had a rota to care and support Lou. 
Due to the deterioration in Lou's health, we also employed Hannah to help us care for Lou. We are eternally grateful to you, Hannah, uh, for all that you did. Lou spent her last four years, four days rather, at St. John's Court Nursing Home. Uh, thankfully, we could all rest and know she was safe and cared for. I want to thank each and every one of Lou's family for all of their care and support too. But the main point that I wanted to make was that ultimately, Lou and me became very close. And I'm eternally grateful for this time we had together chatting and discussing life. Lou even said that I was the only one who knew how to cook, bless her. I only did meds, toast and instant porridge. And anyone who knows me knows I can't cook. Rest in peace, Lou. I really miss you, your daughter-in-law, Julie. A kiss, kiss. And then Sarah, Glenn and Julie's daughter, Lou's granddaughter, has given me some memories to share with you. Sarah writes, oh, how I miss her. She was someone to be reckoned with, a strong woman, a nan who gave the best hugs, made the best cakes, played games, everything you could wish for in a nan. She loved hard, loved her children, her grandchildren, great-grandchild, friends, and her husband. I think she missed him. And although we are so sad she is gone, I feel comfort in knowing she is back with Grandad. A few days ago, I walked back into the house I remember with so many memories. No Nan, no Grandad, and I felt empty. But remember, a house does not make a home without family. We have the memories which will last a lifetime. We cherish our family, and their memory lives on through us all. We are very lucky to have each other. As we all know, Nan loved baking. You could guarantee there would always be a slice of cake waiting for you, or, as my brother reminded me, some chocolate eclairs when she was tired. When looking through Nan's books, we came across her recipe book. And at the back, in the foyer, on your way out, you will find some uh, lemon cake using Nan's recipe. So please help yourself and uh, a recipe card. I've got mine, so uh, you make sure you get yours on, uh, on the way out, and you can enjoy uh, that later. So warm thanks uh, to you all uh, for those memories of Lou. Now we're going to join in singing together our second hymn, A Christmas Carol, appropriate for this season of the year. A silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Again, we'll hear the introduction and then stand to sing.
Please be seated. Our Bible reading this morning comes uh, from the New Testament, Paul's first letter uh, to the Corinthians, and uh, chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. But then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. When I was talking with Glenn and Lorraine over recent weeks about an appropriate uh, passage of scripture uh, for the service uh, today, uh, we uh, settled on this 13th chapter of Paul's first letter uh, to the Corinthians. It's a chapter that's often read at weddings, but is equally appropriate for a funeral. It's perhaps a standout chapter in the whole of the New Testament, the whole of the Bible about love. And we settled upon it because as I spoke with the family time and again, different ones were saying that what they remember most about Lou is how loving she was and the kindness uh, that she showed. 
So it seems a very appropriate chapter for us to read and for us to reflect on just for a few brief moments. Coming as it does to this great climax, the verse on the screens, the verse on the front of the service sheets. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And as I was reading through this chapter in my study over recent days and thinking not least about this closing verse and uh, remembering Lou and thinking about some of the memories that had been uh, shared with me, it struck me that really this chapter has at least three things to teach us on this occasion. First of all, it speaks of our love for others. The reminder in the opening verses that without love we are nothing. We have it not once but twice but three times, don't we, in those opening verses. It's there in verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. We have it again in verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And we have it once more in verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Reminding us that Whoever we are and whatever we do, without love, we're not really anything at all and nothing that we do really counts for very much. And an occasion like this is an occasion, isn't it, when we can show love to one another in church, at the graveside and in family gatherings later. We can be there for each other. So this chapter, it speaks of our love for others. But secondly, it speaks of others' love for us. And of course, today we're thinking particularly of, of, of Lou, of a, a mum, of a, of a grandmother, of a, a great-grandmother, of a, of a dear, a dear friend. And uh, we read the Verses in the middle of the, the chapter. And uh, perhaps they remind you of Lou and they remind you of others in your life who, who have showered such love upon you. Love suffers long and is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't parade itself and isn't puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely, doesn't seek its own, isn't provoked and thinks no evil. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. In short, love never fails. It's good to love. And it's good to be loved, isn't it? How thankful we all are for those in our lives who love us and who do so unconditionally through all life's ups and downs at those times when we're easy to love and at those times when we're harder 
to love. And this morning we give thanks for Lou and for all the love that she showed to family and uh, to friends. But there's something more in this chapter. It speaks of our love for others and of others' love for us. But it also speaks in the words of an old hymn. There's no love like the love of Jesus. There's no love like the love of Jesus. That's the best love of all. How does the chapter end? And now abide faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. These are striking words. We have these three things mentioned. Faith, hope, love. They're distinct and yet they're related. They're all important and valuable and precious. And yet the one love is is singled out as being the greatest. So we might ask, well, how are these three things related? And why is love the greatest? They're related because it's when we have faith in Jesus Christ, the one who came into the world at Christmas time and lived and died and rose again so that we could, be tr- we could trust in him and be saved for now and forever. It's when we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we can have hope that there's something more and that there's something better. And it's when we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and that hope that there is something more and something better that then we can know not just what it is to love our family and our friends and be loved by them, but we can know what it is to love Jesus and to be loved by him and one day to go to be with him in heaven. Because heaven has been described as a world of love. Down here, we need faith, we need hope, and we need love. But rightly understood, there's a sense in which faith and hope will be redundant in heaven. Because faith is seeing the unseen, isn't it? But when we see the unseen, it will no longer be unseen. So we won't need faith in heaven. And hope, hope, is believing in what we have not yet experienced. But in heaven, we experience all that we had hoped for. And so we won't need hope in heaven. (coughs) But in heaven, love will continue forever. In heaven. All God's people, with all those they love, in heaven forever. So let's love others with all our hearts. And let's cherish the love that others show to us. And particularly today, the the memory of, of Lou's love for her family and for her friends. And also, let's remember and not miss out on the greatest love of all. That there's no love like the love of Jesus. Amen. In a moment, we're going to join in singing uh, the closing hymn. Then I'd invite you to remain standing uh, for the benediction, and then we'll proceed out of the church.
and head towards the committal at North Bromsgrove Cemetery in Barlimo Lane here in Catshill. And any and all are welcome to join us there for the brief burial. So the closing hymn, this is a family favourite, Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining. Again, we'll hear the introduction and then stand to sing. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.